Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Kieran, he escaped through the poster of Rita Hayworth. Didn't we already do a spoiler from that movie? I don't think so. Oh, no, I think we only mentioned the movie mm. within the episode. There you itself. go. Okay. But Kieran, you That's are right, that That's is a, a spoiler. One. And if you didn't want to hear that, well, you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler, Kieran. I've said this before. Please don't discourage people to stop <laughs> listening to the show, even though we're in the first 30 seconds. It does improve. It does. It gets better. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm only teasing Paul Matty D. Anyway, if you're a first time listener to the podcast, what we do is we look at a trailer or any promotional material for a movie. <laughs> well, when there most, is some. Yeah, in most cases, we look at a trailer. This week was a bit difficult because there wasn't one. Yep. We'll get into it shortly. But what we do is we look at all the promotional material that we can, and then we try and predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Yep. We each come with our different plot ideas, and we see who gets closer to the actual movie release. Now, of course, a movie that we've predicted in the past, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes. Or as it's known now, Godzilla 2 King of the Monsters. Oh, all right. Yeah. They're going down that rabbit hole of uh, confusingly titled sequels. It's out in cinemas today. Yeah. So if you're going to go see it this weekend, you can either listen to our episode on that before or after you see the movie yeah. and you can see how close we got. You can see what our track record's like so far. A whole bunch of movies that we've covered have come out already. So yes, it's you exciting. should have a, a fairly decent idea of how close we get so far. <laughs> Are we close? Are we always wrong? Are we always right? Uh, I, I think Watch we have movie? our moments. <laughs> Watch the movie, listen to the episode and find out. Yep. Now, as we teased before, typically we watch the trailer and we get yep. most of our plot details from the trailer itself. So you can get a rough idea of generally watching a trailer. The tone, like what places they might go to. Scenes. Some trailers just give everything away. Like the Hobbs and Shaw trailer that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Throughout the two trailers, they basically covered the entire plot of the movie from start to finish. It was ridiculous. So (laughs) if we are far off on that movie, I'm just going to blame myself personally for just not trying hard enough. (laughs) But this week, we're going to have to try extra hard because we're talking about The Kitchen. Yeah, that's supposed to be released on the 9th of August, correct? That's right. So and there's no trailer for it. It's supposed to come out in a little over two months. Yeah. Typically, by Nothing. this point, we've covered a lot of movies. We've seen a lot of trailers. Mm. Typically, by this point, they're getting ready to release their second trailer. Yep. But there has been no information released at all, really. There's been no hype around this movie whatsoever. So- I wouldn't be surprised if 99% of our audience has never heard of this movie. I hadn't heard of the movie before I put it on the schedule at the start of the year. Me neither. I guess we kind of assumed that by this stage there would be a trailer out. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that it would come out this week. Even even this week, we are like, oh, maybe. And to right now, to this very hour, nothing. Yeah. So A trailer exists. I even checked the board of classification and found that one does exist. Right. It's two minutes, 20-something long. I think they showed it at a film festival, but that was about it. Oh, so you didn't get access to it? No, I didn't get access okay. to it. They, they just haven't released it publicly. And I do have a strong theory why. Oh, really? Which we'll get into very shortly. But yeah, we had no information beyond basically the title, the title and character bios for this mm. one. Now, we could have got the entire plot of this movie very easily yes. because I only found out a couple of days ago that this is actually based on a DC Vertigo comic book miniseries. Which, yeah, I didn't know that either. Now, we have stated in the past that we're not going to do adaptations of books and remakes, so on and so forth. So technically, this breaks our rules. Mm, but we didn't know that. We didn't know, of course, that this was a comic book. But technically, if I'd known this in advance, I wouldn't have even considered it. Mm. But because we don't really know anything about this movie, Nothing. that wasn't clear mm. straight away. They don't even mention that it's a comic book in the first line 
of the Wikipedia page about Nothing. this movie. So we did our darndest not to cheat. Well, I'm presuming that Matty D didn't cheat. I have zero information. But we could have very easily sat down and read the comic and then yeah. just got exactly but we're but, honest you know. people. We don't want to sacrifice the integrity we stick to our guns. of potential spoilers. So aside from character bios, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you combed through the character bios All those, for those details, few paragraphs, you better believe some it. Some characters don't even have names in the character oh, bios. God. So we're basically just basing our plot predictions mm-hmm. on a few sentences. Now, we should probably talk about the kitchen itself, the movie itself. Yeah. What do we know about the movie so far? <laughs> Matty D, aside from very little. Well, just what you said. We know it has a few key actors in it. We know that it's called The Kitchen. We can understand through stills that it is in the bio page that's set in the um, 70s. 70s, yeah. We know that it's a crime piece in a way, yeah. in a manner of speaking. It's about mob bosses going to jail and their wives taking, taking up the, the reins yeah, that's of right. that. Whether it's a comedy, whether it's a drama, whether it's a grisly tale of violence who knows (laughs) so it's essentially um, a 70s mob movie starring women which is a really interesting concept it Um, is it's really turning a a known genre I guess on its head a little bit and it's a very good time for that now it may sound like this is some obscure indie movie that Uh. we're covering but this is actually a big blockbuster Hollywood movie Mm. Well, yeah. I'm presuming it's a blockbuster, but we won't know how we'll it see. will do. But they just haven't talked about it yet. They no. haven't publicly spoken about this movie. And the whole reason that I put it on our schedule is because when I was coming through the upcoming 2019 cinematic releases, mm. I saw, oh, Kitchen, what's that about? A 70s gangster movie with women? Mm. Sounds great. I slapped it on the schedule, not yeah. knowing anything about it beyond that. I think you looked at it and said, it's not a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, well... I didn't realise it was basically a a, a DC comic book series, but it's a a DC comic series that doesn't involve superheroes. So I'm very happy to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, so this episode is going to be very different to pretty much all the episodes we've done before. I don't know how confident you're feeling, uh, Kieran. I'm fairly confident. feeling a bit shaky, but... Fairly confident. Oh, good for you. Now, we should probably talk about why, or at least why I think, this movie hasn't had any press or trailers so far. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what you think because I I just think it's just not going to come out. That's where I'm at at the moment. Really? Yeah, I think something's happening. I think they're having production issues. Really? Okay. Well, I think their production is going along swimmingly. Okay. As far as I can assume anyway. Then why I've, wouldn't they put out I a trailer? I haven't heard that there's any difficulty, but I think that they haven't put out the trailer because they're scared of backlash. Right. So we live in a post-Ghostbusters 2016 age. Oh, that's a good point. In fact, one of the main actors from the Ghostbusters 2016 movie is one of the stars of this movie. Yep. So they would know all about backlash that surrounds movies that are either attempting to or inadvertently making a statement about women or feminism or whatever identity politics issue is brought to the table. Yeah. So unfortunately, we live in a time where if you're making a statement that's against the perceived norm, so if you're making a statement pro-feminism, pro-equality, so on and so forth, there's always going to be people who aren't progressive and are going to push back. But there's nothing that I've seen that suggests that this movie is going to be that way at all. It's well, going to I be think this movie poli- politics is quite angle. clearly making a feminist statement. Okay. So it's being very, I don't know, very direct in uh, having the characters 
not need the men in their lives, not needing men in their lives to be successful, going against the norm in a time that was oppressive to women mm. and minorities even. Yeah, I guess it's a time frame thing as well. It's written and directed by a woman as well. That's good. In her cool. directorial debut, screenwriter, I believe, in the past. Sorry if I can't name that off the top of my head. <laughs> Either can I. But you would think that putting that trailer out there, even if there was backlash, would kind of work for it as well. Yeah. Like it has in the past, because there is a token group of people that pick up their pitchforks and start yeah. throwing stones at things because they hate women. Let's let's yes. <laughs> let's call it what it is. And you know, there's a lot of other people that come and defend it and will see the movie for that reason. So yes. it almost publicly like works. Yeah, for they it. want to support the idea behind yeah. it rather than just the movie itself. Exactly, yeah. So I'm I'm surprised. I don't know if I agree that that's why they haven't released yeah. a trailer. I think it's very strange nonetheless. They're, they're making such a strong statement that they're worried about the backlash and they're worried that, that backlash would hurt the movie. Okay. Let's look at Ghostbusters, basically. Mm. That movie did very poorly at the box office. Mainly because... It would do poor if no one knew it was being shown. Yeah, that's true. So I guess in a way, I suppose the makers of The Kitchen, by worrying that bad publicity is going to hurt their movie, mm. they're also hurting their publicity as well. Yeah. So I suppose there's the old saying that there's no such thing as bad publicity. All publicity is good publicity. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, that's my theory on why I think any sort of promotional material has been delayed on this movie so far. I guess we'll all see when the reception, when the movie is released and how people will receive it. Yeah. And I suppose what we think the movie will be, or what our impressions of what the movie is, will be reflected in our individual plot summary. So, <laughs> yeah. will it be a feminist statement? Will it just be completely harmless? Will it be a standard mobster movie, I suppose? Or we'll see what we presume it will be in our predictions. That's right. So, let's get straight into it. Let's talk about who's in the movie. Let's do that. Quite a big cast for yeah, this one. I was going to say, there's quite a few actors in this one. But, of course, since we really know very little about the movie, we don't really know who to focus on <laughs> yeah. or who's going to be... What? big character who's just going to be in one scene. Let's assume three of them are yes. are important. So we've got our three lead characters, mm. the wives, who become mobsters. The first person I wanted to talk about was Tiffany Haddish, who's playing Ruby O'Carroll. Now, Tiffany Haddish does a lot of TV shows and movies, but nothing I've really seen. Typically mm. comedies as well. What about you? Have you seen her in anything? No. No. <laughs> Apparently not. Not familiar with her? I'm, I am, but not. Now, I'm that sure comes to you're mind. familiar with Melissa McCarthy, though. Oh, yeah. Who is playing... Kathy Brennan. Absolutely. And of course, we know Melissa McCarthy from Bridesmaids, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which I mentioned before, and Spy. Now, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I've never Here been a, Ma- a <laughs> Melissa McCarthy go. fan. You, you held it in long enough. I'm just yet to be impressed by anything that she does. I mean, I'm not a big comedy movie guy. Yeah. So I guess but, she's playing to the wrong audience. But you like mobster movies, so this That's could true. be potentially a movie that you like. So maybe Melissa McCarthy will win you over. Here's the thing. I think she's actually playing a serious role in this one. I think so. Hints of comedy. That would mm. be my prediction anyway. Mm. So she might be really good in it. Yeah. I've never really seen her play a serious role. And she, so she might blow me away. She so might Leonardo DiCaprio you. Yes. I'm completely open to her being good in this. Yeah. So I'm not going to go in arms folded and say, oh, I wish it was somebody else. I'm completely open to being impressed by her. But in the past, not a fan. Eh, She's all right. I don't hate her. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And our third wife, playing Claire Walsh, is Elizabeth Moss, who we talked about before on Us. She played Peggy Olsen in Mad Men, as well as Offred in Handmaid's Tale. Yep. We've talked about our thoughts and feelings with her before, but I've always been a fan. I'm looking forward to seeing her in this again. Yeah, should be fun. Um, and then there's a bunch of other people. <laughs> yeah, and the last three people I want to talk about, I'm just going to breeze over fairly quickly because I don't know what their overall impact on the plot will be, Yeah. but I suppose they play a role in my plot, so it's worth mentioning them. Of course, I wanted to mention Domhnall Gleeson, 
who's playing Gabriel O'Malley. Yeah. Now you may know him from Harry Potter as playing Bill Weasley. Yes. You may know him from the recent Star Wars movies as playing General Hux. I didn't put those two together. You may know him from Black Mirror in that weird episode where he was brought back to life as a robot. He's in a ton of stuff. He's basically in every second movie these mm-hmm. days, so it's no real surprise that he's in this movie. And I'm actually shocked that we haven't talked about him before. Yeah. He always brings in a good performance, in my opinion, so yeah, should be good here too. Do you think he'll do an Irish accent? <sighs> I think he is Irish, so he could probably do it very easily. It's an Irish gang, right? So That's right. But they're Irish-American, so I'm not yeah. going to presume that they're like, top of the morning to you. Give no. me all your money. I don't think he will. You don't think he will? That's my prediction. <laughs> you almost went Irish there yourself. <laughs> uh, next person I wanted to talk about was Common. Yes. Uh, he's playing FBI agent Gary Silvers. The good cop. Yes. Yeah, so, well, we don't know, well, I guess. He's someone particularly in my notes, so we'll talk about that. But anyway, he is probably best known for his rap career. Mm-hmm. But he was in John Wick 2, if you recall. He had a pretty big role in that. He mm-hmm. was also in Suicide Squad, which I haven't seen, so I don't know. <laughs> who he was in that. I watched Suicide Squad and I don't know who he was either. Fair enough. He was the one who looked like a rapper. That movie... <laughs> Forgettable? I, I've, uh, I've forgotten a lot about it. I think it's a it's trauma thing. And the last person I want to talk about was James Badgedale, who's playing mm-hmm. Kevin O'Carroll, mm-hmm. who is Ruby's husband. There you go. There we go. There we go. And that's everyone that's, I wanted to talk ensemble. about. That's our ensemble. Well, that's some of them anyway. We've mm-hmm. got a whole bunch of people. We've got the mob boss. We've got other people yes. <laughs> who I won't mention. Uh, uh, we'll talk about them as they come. Yeah. So it's been a while since uh, you and I did a plot each. Yeah, we've been teaming up and doing all sorts of crazy shit. We really should have teamed up for this one rather than last week because we, we definitely should've. had two opinions on we new mutants have. last week. So, but you know, oh well, everyone likes a challenge. In for so. a penny, in for a pound, and this definitely was a challenge. Definitely, my plot was originally just going to be set in a kitchen. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You realize that the kitchen is it's referring Hell's to kitchen, yes, Hell's I do, Kitchen, yes, I do realize that. I don't think we pointed that out earlier, but yeah. I think it's got a double meaning, of course. A housewife. The housewife, yeah. the kitchen, get back to the kitchen, you know, that old yeah. insult, so on and so forth. But anyway, I'm going to go first this week. I'm really excited to get mine out of the way. I know you're excited because you've got some strong theories, and I'm really interested to hear them. So yep. I'm just going to do the old tear off the band-aid, get mine out of the way first, even though I feel pretty strongly about my plot as well. Well, the platform is yours, sir. Take it away. But Matty D seems more confident, so I'm excited to hear what he's got to offer and, well, and see if it's any similar to mine. Or don't overhype it. I'm just keen to see what you got from yeah, this. Yeah, right, all right. This is basically like one of our special episodes <laughs> where we just come up with our own plot. It pretty much is. The Kitchen, 2019. So I put in a little note here that it's set in Hell's Kitchen, New York in the 1970s. It's a period piece. I think we're going to have a very Martin Scorsese-esque soundtrack with a whole bunch of classic rock and pop music from back in the 70s. And I think the film will start off like a typical mobster movie, loud, in your face, where... Ever since I could remember, I wanted to be a gangster. Goodfellas, Casino, Mean Streets, whatever other Scorsese uh, mobster movie you can name. So we're going to be introduced to a crew of Irish mobsters who work for the Coretti crime family, and they're going to be your stock standard Italian-American mobsters, the Corettis. The Corettis? Yeah. And the Irish mobsters are going to be stock standard gangsters (laughs) as well. (laughs) Those brawling Irishmen and those suit-wearing Italians. So quite like you, I imagine, I don't think they're going to have strong Irish accents. Maybe one or two of them will, but for the most part, I think they'll sound like Robert De Niro or Ray Liotta in Mm. Goodfellas, because they were Irish as well, you know. Oh, yeah. Not the actors, but the characters in Goodfellas were Irish. I did not know that. A lot like that. Yeah, okay. I thought they were supposed to be Italian. Nope, Irish Italian. Fair enough. I hope everyone out there has seen Goodfellas because I'm going to make a few comparisons to it throughout the review. 
So in our crew of Irish mobsters, we have Jimmy Brennan, Kevin O'Carroll, and Rob Walsh. Now, they run protection rackets, illegal gambling, prostitutes, drugs, whatever they can do to make a buck. Gangster stuff. Gangster stuff. Yeah. And I think Jimmy will be the natural leader of the crew, and Rob will be the tough guy with a short fuse. Is he the one that beats his wife? Ooh. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm not spoiling anything, because that was in the bio. Yes. So, Rob does beat his wife. I'm going to get to that shortly. So, they'll also have a weedy, dumb thug who works with them called Little Jackie. He's going to be like the, just to make a Sopranos reference, the Christopher Moltisanti character. Now, the three mobsters regularly pay tribute to Tony Coretti. They didn't give him a first name, so I'm just going to presume it's Tony because every mobster's <laughs> called Tony, apparently. Right. Tony Coretti is the leader of the Coretti family, if that wasn't obvious. Now, they are married to our three leads, if that wasn't already obvious as well. Jimmy is married to Kathy, who's played by Melissa McCarthy. Kathy is well aware of Jimmy's criminal activities, but chooses to pretend that he is legit in the hopes that they're two children. I said that they've got two girls. Mm, uh. It's just a guess. I don't think they'll play a big role in the movie. Other than being a family. Anyway, she's hoping that her two girls can grow up to lead a normal life. Yep. She can as well. Daddy's just a businessman. That's right. Yeah, Daddy just works at the waste disposal center. Mm. Waste management plant. Now, Kevin is married to Ruby, who's played by Tiffany Haddish. Now, Ruby is an African-American who comes from a poor family. And since it's the 70s, she initially believes that her lifestyle options are somewhat limited due to, I suppose, developing the race obvious, relations at the time. The obvious world that America was at the time. Yes. Which is one of the reasons she married Kevin. Because he promises to give her whatever she wants. So she's, is it love or is it using Mm, Kevin? A bit of both. A bit of column A, a bit of column B. She initially does love him. A bit like A Bronx Tale. How many mobster movies can I (laughs) reference in this episode? So if you've seen A Bronx Tale, it's about an Italian-American guy who falls in love with an African-American girl. Conflict in shoes. But anyway, it's the characters from A Bronx Tale. But afterwards, they've grown up, they've become adults, they're married. Kevin has basically promised to give her whatever she wants. She doesn't have to lift a finger. And all she needs to do, her job, basically, is just to be the perfect housewife. Come home, dinner's cooked, sex whenever he wants it, so on and so forth. And finally, Rob is married to Claire. Claire being played by Elizabeth Moss. And he is violent and abusive towards her, as we mentioned earlier. So basically, any husband in a Scorsese movie. (laughs) Yeah. Raging bull. Goodfellas, so on and so forth. Now, the three wives know each other very well since their families regularly spend time together. Okay. Christmas, birthdays, they're always in the house sharing a drink. A slice of that nice gabagool. (laughs) So we can clearly see through their introductions that the three wives are very limited in their prospects outside of being married to their husband. So they don't have jobs, even if they want them, because their job, as I mentioned before with Ruby... It's to be a good mother. It's to stay home, take care of the children, Mm. have the children, do the cleaning, do the cooking, even if they have prospects, even if they want to be a scientist, even if they want to be the president, even if they want to be an astronaut, they can't because of their husbands. Mm. Once we've been introduced to our lead characters, within the first 20 minutes of the movie, this is my prediction, because this whole thing is my prediction, But I predict that within the first 20 minutes, Jimmy, Kevin and Rob will be arrested. Oh no. We knew that was going to happen from the the whole outset. And now the reason for this is they've been working with a new thug who turns out to be an undercover FBI agent. Ooh. Who is Gary Silvers, played by Common. There you go. Common's a bad, well, good guy, bad guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. (laughs) Antagonist. In a way, he's an antagonist. But anyway, he came in just as a heavy, uh, as a thug, but he's been wearing a wire and recording them the entire time. Got him. Got him! So just like in Goodfellas, the three leaders of our Irish crew are going to go to jail for 10 years, leaving the three housewives without a source of income. So if you remember in Goodfellas, most of the crime family, for whatever reason, I don't think they ever really said, or went to jail and they had that great sequence where they share a jail cell together. They're just chilling out. Living like kings, cooking, drinking. Dealing drugs. Cutting up garlic. Cutting up garlic with a razor blade. Mm. So thin it melts in the pan. It liquefies in the pan. I love that scene. 
It's a great scene, great movie. I know. So initially, little Jackie, the weedy idiot, is going to take over leadership of the crew, but he is incredibly incompetent and gets killed within the first week of assuming his new role. Just annoys people and dies? Well, I imagine like he'll go to shake down like a store owner and the store owner will pull out a shotgun and blow him away just because he's not a standover man. Yeah, hasn't got it in him. So the crew is screwed. They're not going to be able to make their regular tribute to Tony. So Ruby sees this as an opportunity since she's long dreamed of being an independent woman who doesn't have to rely on her husband to make it in the world. And she tries to talk Kathy into taking over their husband's criminal rackets. But both Kathy and Claire are resistant to the idea. Kathy wants to pretend still that she leads a normal life and doesn't want to risk exposing the children to where the money really comes from. And Claire is scared of what her husband would think if she attempted to assume his role. She doesn't want to demasculate him in any way, basically, even if he is behind bars. Around this point as well, I believe we'll be introduced to Gabriel O'Malley, who is Domhnall Gleeson's character, who worked as a hitman for our Irish mobsters. So Gabriel has been on the run from the police for the last couple of months after his final hit, at least his last hit anyway, and he's mad at Claire's husband, Rob, for not helping him out in his time of need. So maybe Rob was there when he did the hit. I don't think we'll see this. We'll just be told to us in exposition. Mm -hmm. But Rob could have driven the getaway car, led him into his house to hide when the police were coming, but Rob turned him down. So he's basically got a vendetta against Rob. So I think that Gabriel will burst into Claire's apartment looking to confront Rob and Claire, thinking that her life's at stake, will attack and knock out Gabriel. But she will soon regret her actions and nurse Gabriel back to health. You can so Im- it's like Rapunzel. What was the... Re- Tangled. It's like Tangled. Yeah, I guess how, so. How endearing. I guess so. But anyway, can't you see him totally stretched out along the lounge with a bandage around his head while she dabs him down with a bit of gauze? Yeah. I've never seen purple underwear before. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see it. It's funny that you should say that. <laughs> Because I said here in my notes, the Florence Nightingale effect soon takes over and the two will become attracted to each other. She, of course, explains to him as well that, you know, you can't take your revenge out on Rob. He's in jail. Might as well just forget about him. Might as well sleep with his wife. (laughs) Exactly. So after a few days of desperation, the three wives quickly realize that they need to start making money and finally agree with Ruby to take over their husband's crime records. Now, they'll initially try to be calm and reasonable when dealing with the day-to-day mobster business, opting to use their words rather than to threaten violence. Good way to win respect. Absolutely. In the mob world. Well, but when they are continually mocked (laughs) for being just housewives who aren't as scary as their husbands, years of abuse and pent-up frustrations take over and the three wives inflict bloody violence on their adversaries. Yes! So if you can imagine, they go down to shake up a... Like a butcher or something. Yeah, a butcher. They're like, please, can you give us our protection money? And they're like, go back to the kitchen. And I'm talking about the kitchen in your house, not Hell's Kitchen. (laughs) Which where we live. Which which is where we are currently. (laughs) Since that doesn't work, they slam his head against the counter, threaten to chop his hand off with a butcher's knife. You can totally see that. Justified. Totally justified. Yeah. When in Rome. I also think that they'll even go as far as to kill anyone who gets in their way and steps out of line. Now, of course, I think that Claire who is the one who is arguably the most abused, is going to be the first to kill somebody. She's going to shoot somebody in the gun. It's going to shock the two other wives. And I think this will lead to a scene where they have to dispose of the body. It's going to be played for laughs, but they have to dump the body in the Hudson River or something like that. Um, Classic. And it'll be... (laughs) They'll be trying to carry him wrapped up in a... In a rug? In a rug. And they can't lift him. He's too heavy. (laughs) And they drop him and the police come by and they're like, oh, we're just getting rid of this old rug, officer. (laughs) And the policeman comes up. He's like, what's that? And they was like, Watch on this. Hello, hello, hello. Let me help you with that, ma'am. And he yes, carries the body yes. for them. <laughs> I could totally see that happening. 
The three wives will quickly realise that they enjoy their newfound gangster lifestyle Mm -hmm. and are effectively more successful at being mobsters than their husbands. Yeah? Yeah. They're just so good at it. Back in business and ain't it grand. The hitman Gabriel also joins them as their standover man, not that they really need one, and he and Claire start an affair. Ooh. Since Gabrielle is more caring and protective than her real husband, a Rob. A bit, bit ever better was. looking as well. Yeah, a bit better looking. Generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm, Domhnall Gleeson. <laughs> Whatever you're into. At this point as well, I think that we'll discover that the Coretti crime family is secretly also run by a woman who happens to be Tony Coretti's mother. Ooh. Mama Coretti. <laughs> is she also that a character name? She doesn't have a name, so I just gave Mama her Mama Coretti, okay. Yeah. So Mama Coretti is the big boss she makes behind the, the Coretti family. She makes the best bolognese in all of Hell's Kitchen. That's right. It's so good that she can run a whole crime family. Mm. So sort of like Tony Soprano's mum in The Sopranos. She's got way more influence than you'd think. So Tony Coretti is only the face of the organisation. So from the outside, it looks like he runs it, but his mother secretly pulls all the strings from the shadows. I like that Have I made it clear enough already? Yes. So Mama Coretti thinks that the three wives openly acting as mobsters when she spent most of her life doing the same thing as the shadows, she thinks it will make the whole organisation look bad. Mm. So they're making waves out there. They're getting recognised. She's like, mm, we're going to look bad in front of the other crime families. We can't be having this. So she takes an immediate disliking to our heroes. Oh, wow. You'd think that she'd be on board. You'd think that, but no, she disagrees. She's like, this isn't the way things are done in Hell's Kitchen. Another theory I had is that anytime the police or FBI investigate the three wives' criminal activities, that they'll play dumb. Essentially, the authorities are going to underestimate them and just be like, oh, but they couldn't have killed them. They're just women. They're just housewives. <laughs> so just everyone in this movie is just a massive sexist. It's the 70s. Yeah, I suppose Not as progressive as we are right now. <laughs> That's a good point. Though apparently not too progressive if we're picketing Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because I know very little about the movie, I don't have a lot of specific details about what I think will happen. But long story short, I think Mama Coretti will attempt to assassinate the three wives. She's going to send in the Coretti thugs to yep. kill them at one point. But the wives will kill their assassins with ease, essentially fight back against the Coretti family, and will, at the end of the day, wipe them out in a bloody gang war. But that's not the end of the movie, because I think the three husbands, this is either before or after, take your pick. I'm going to say after, because it's a nice wrap-up to the movie, a nice button on the whole message of the movie. But I think the three husbands will be released early from jail. Maybe good (laughs) behaviour. Yeah, they had good behaviour. Or... They bribe somebody. Don't you commit any more crimes. Oh, we promise. Oh, we promise. We promise. But yes, they'll be released early from jail and they'll be furious when they find out that their wives dared to have the nerve to assume their business. This is man's business. Oh, no. So, of course, I think everybody sees this coming a million miles off. If this isn't in the movie, I will be completely shocked, but... Claire's husband, Rob, will discover that Claire and Gabriel are having an affair. Maybe he'll even come home. Honey, I'm home. And they're busy. Being busy. Yeah, getting busy. (laughs) And I think Rob will become furious. He'll slap around Claire. Gabriel will dive in to defend her. The two of them will get into a brutal fist fight. And I think Rob will pummel Gabriel to death. But not the newfound violent loving Claire. No, but I think Claire will get her revenge on her husband after years of abuse and murder him in the same scene. Wow. So she'll either shoot him or club him with a fire poker. I like to imagine that she comes up from behind and just starts smashing him in the head with a fire poker. <laughs> just a quick side note. My initial impression of this movie was that it wasn't going to be particularly violent, sort of leaning more towards the comedy. But in reading like the character descriptions and 
the fact that they flat out say that they enjoy killing, I think this movie will be pretty brutally violent. As violent as any, you know, Tarantino or Scorsese gangster movie anyway. And I think that'll be a nice little button, again, on the whole point of the movie as well. So I also think that Ruby and Kathy will feed the FBI false information yeah. to set up their husbands to go back to prison for a longer term. Ooh. I initially thought mm, they're going to kill their husbands as well, but I was like, mm, well, they didn't really do anything that bad. It's the father of their children and so on and so forth, at least in uh, Kathy's case. And Ruby... I'm assuming she likes her husband. It's not that bad. But yeah, they're like, we want them out of the way, but we don't want them dead. Set them Prison. up with... <laughs> and they might not even know. They, you know. Yeah. They'd be like, well, where did all this evidence come from? Exactly. We were in jail the whole time. But yeah, I'm sure Ruby and Kathy will have access to plenty of evidence since they're the ones out there killing people. But anyway, they're going to plant the evidence on the husbands. Husbands will go back to jail for a longer sentence, probably even life. And the movie will end quite like The Godfather with our three leads fully transformed into ruthless gangsters. Ooh. So there were simple housewives at the start of the film. Now they're ruthless gangsters who run Hell's Kitchen. Wow, what a downer. Yes. Well, depends on how depends you Depends on your it. perspective, I guess. Depends on how you look at it. It's very triumphant for women. <laughs> well, in, a, in a murderous kind of way, yeah. I guess. Well, it's making a statement regardless. So you're you're very set that this this movie will make a statement. Yes, and I think the film will end with the three of them walking down the street. Oh, I could see that. In, in slow my motion. Mind, I saw yeah, that. With smug grins on their face, with an upbeat 70s classic rock song playing in the background. Sunglasses? Sunglasses on. Nice. Sun setting? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Steam rising up out of the streets of like course. it does in 70s New York. Melissa McCarthy's in the middle. Yes. Credits. That's our movie. Credits roll up. Absolutely can see that. Yes. It's not what I think, but yeah, oh, really? I can there you go. definitely see that. Oh, wow. That's uh, that's an interesting little idea there. I'm surprised. I thought, an idea. I thought, um, or a series of ideas. Yeah. So I think in a lot of ways, should I just go straight into yeah, mine? Go into it. Um, a lot of ways we kind of meet in the middle, but in more ways, it's a very different movie, I think. My Kitchen to Your Kitchen. My Kitchen's like a stainless steel kitchen, whereas yours is a... It's a stainless steel delicatessen. Exactly, exactly. Whereas yours is, I don't know, timber. <laughs> but here's how, okay. here's how my movie starts. So we're going to start with a cold open, and we're going to okay. jump in between a 1970s housewife, sort of baking, cooking, doing mundane... Stero- Taking a pie out of the oven, <laughs> sort of putting doing, it on the windowsill. Doing stereotypical housewife duties. Cleaning and the toilet. And it's going to jump between that and a mobster doing mobster stuff. Like gangster uh, shit. Like cutting up. I don't know if cocaine was a big drug in this time. Heroin. Yeah, maybe heroin is a better example. Like cutting up, preparing heroin, um, shipping stuff out, roughing people up, torturing people, counting money, all that sort of jazz, shaking people's hands. And we'll sort of see images, not necessarily the people, but just like- Maybe they'll be walking down the street in slow motion, (laughs) sunglasses on, smug grins. It's a sequel to your movie. It goes directly from from your movie to my movie. It's just a nice contrast. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so the image in my head, it's sort of burned in there. So it's so real is we're just going to see a flash between, say, a housewife, her you see her hands chopping up carrots or what have oh, you. Oh, this is great. And then you I see, and then you see a, a gangster, you know, cutting. Soaring up a body. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's sort Using of- Using a meat cleaver to cut fingers off the fishmonger. That's sort of the, the tone of this movie. And this is all happening to some, some nice 70s music along with this whole imagery that we're seeing. So then the title of the movie will come up as Kathy, our lead, is walking out with a chicken or a turkey. Not really important. But she's bringing it out to her husbands, who are a group of mobsters, as they're sitting at an outside patio for a Sunday barbecue. So much like your plot, these, these mobsters so and their wives... The title, The Kitchen, comes up, but they're outside. They're outside. They've just left the kitchen. Um, One sec. <coughs> okay. So much like your plot, the mobsters, 
the and their wives. They're all friends. They all sort of hang out together. What we see is we see the men all sitting around. They might talk a little bit of business. They might not. They, there's certainly a distinction Forget between about it. what the housewives are doing and what the sort of gangsters are doing. So the gangsters are kind of sitting around having a smoke, eating, talking, being very jovial. The housewives are kind of preparing stuff. They're kind of having their moments away from this scene between between each other kind of kind of deal. Um, so there's a separation there. So in the scene, we'll get to know a little bit about the characters and their particular personalities. Similar to yourself, uh, Kathy's more of a straight-laced, typical housewife. Mm. Um, Mother of two. Claire is a little bit more timid. Um, she might be spawning a black eye. <laughs> well, let me go into that. Okay. So the mob bosses will discuss business. One will raise concern about potential competition as well as investigation from the feds. Mm. The others will brush this off, seemingly arrogant and confident in their position at the moment. So we see the housewives, they have their moments together away from this to establish characters. Claire might be yelled at and disrespected by her husband, mm. by her boorish husband, I said. She may even have a black eye or a bruise in which the women mm. comment on. Or of course, in privately and of course, with concern. She's tried to cover it up yeah. unsuccessfully with makeup. Exactly. So Kathy is a very dutiful housewife. She seems on top of things. She's balancing two kids. I'm going to say boy and a girl because that's, you know, it's a movie. Everybody okay. has a boy yeah. and a girl. But like yourself, it doesn't really matter. And she does everything that's required so she's like balancing several plates and just doing everything and she does it all with a smile on her face and she's kind of going to be like our surrogate the audience surrogate we're going to love her she's going to be a really relatable person I don't think I made it clear in my plot but I think Ruby will be our main character basically interesting Interesting. well in mine since we don't have a trailer it's Kathy Um, Ruby however is more realistic and grounded on what's happening so I see Ruby as a certain character that's sort of like she's having a drink she's having a smoke whereas Kathy's more being the housewife, being prim and proper, yeah. she's like, I, you know, you know what these guys are doing. They're talking about like killing people. Like she knows what's going on. She's very clued in. She's not subtle. So then there's a knock on the door. They think it's another guest that's coming and Kathy answers it. And it turns out to be the police that come into the house Ooh. and they re- arrest all the members of the gang and the wives are shocked. This happens in front of their children. Their children are confused. It's a very... Uh, Mommy, where's daddy going? <laughs> The mob bosses are angry, but they're not too worried as they get escorted out. They kind of seem very relaxed. They're kind of yeah, more they irritated. Know what, they know what prison's like. <laughs> they're kind of more they're irritated. They're going to be slicing up garlic with a razor exactly. blade before the day's out. Exactly. So they get escorted out of Kathy's home. So this is the next part of the movie. We're going to have a series of visitations where Kathy and the other wives are going to see their husbands. So essentially what's going to happen is the lead husband, who's Kathy's husband. What was that character's name? I, I didn't really take it in the notes. Jimmy, Whoever it is. Kathy's husband. He doesn't really matter. Jimmy. Jimmy. So Jimmy's more like the leader. He's the more of the smart person out of the three out of all of them. Is he the natural leader? He's the natural leader. Um, he tells Kathy, so he's unfazed about his arrest, but he tells Kathy that this whole thing will blow over. Don't worry, we got it under control. We'll be out within like, you know, a week. It'll, they got nothing. They got nothing. This is just, they've got nothing on us. We'll be out very soon. But in the meantime, she needs to take charge of their organization. Oh, so he's going to spur it on. He, yeah. All the husbands are kind of in on it. So they're kind of like their housewives have to run things just in their place just so things don't go out of the rails or they don't lose control while they're in prison because it's only going to be a short time. Or so they think. (laughs) So the housewives all meet up and they discuss what's happened. They also become aware of a mob boss who is trying to exploit the absence of the crime bosses and that's little Jackie. Oh, 
Little Jackie. Wait, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Little Jackie, right? Well, in my plot, Little Jackie was working with the crew. No, Little Jackie's not working with the crew. So Little Jackie's like an up and comer who's as soon as there right. was an absence, he sort of jumped in. jumped in and decided he's going to run things. So this is bad for our wives and for our gangsters because somebody else is going to start to try to steal the show as it was, mm. I guess. So they decide oh, this has to this has this. to be dealt with. But they're kind of out of their element. I foresee that the the, the lead matriarchy, the big underworld criminal mastermind, the you said Mama <laughs> Mama Coretti. Coretti. I, I could see her playing a part in this where they consult her as somebody who's very wise and gives them advice. This could be her her moment here. I don't know where she will fit in otherwise, but she can kind of guide them that you need to take care of this problem, otherwise he's gonna destroy your whole crime family. Destroy our whole crime family. Because every at this time all the crime families are all kind of working in sync, but no one's working for each each other right so they decide to get a hitman and it's mostly just to scare this guy out of the business little jackie little jackie that's right they want to scare little jackie out of the business and this is where they find their hitman who's gabriel o'malley who has had dealings with the crime family before similar to your plot he ran away and he's just come back into the fold they decide to smooth the ice with him and he's very apprehensive at the start but he suspiciously decides that he will help them out. And Gabriel's going to be a certain guide to the underworld for these girls, at least initially. So he gives them advice. Exactly, exactly. So the idea is they're going to kidnap this mob boss. They're going to scare him. They're going to run him out of town, right? Who, Little Jackie? Little Jackie, yeah. So they come up, they kidnap Little Jackie. They sort of put a bag on his head. They tie him to a chair. Gabriel does a whole scare factor with the housewives as well. And Mm. he's not taking it seriously at all. He's not intimidated by them. So it's not going well right now. They decide to try to torture him a little bit. Just try to try to make it a little bit real. I'm going to say they try to waterboard him and they accidentally kill him. Oh, okay. And that just throws everybody off. And I'm going to say that Claire is the person who riles up. She's triggered by little Jackie's demeanor. Kind of reminds her of someone she may already know. Mm. And she goes overboard in waterboarding him. No pun intended. She goes overboard in waterboarding him. Yeah, I got it. Uh, <laughs> and he accidentally dies and everyone's sort of shocked. But so this- similar to how in my plot, yeah. but with more details. Yeah. So everyone's shocked at the minute, but in a way, this negative thing becomes a positive because now the housewives have now have built up a reputation once word gets around that they are not mm. to be messed with because you die if you if you try to approach their property. They're uh, just as mob-wise. ruthless as their husbands. They're just as ruthless as their husbands. Yeah. So this, so initially they're like, oh my god, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And Gabriel's like, actually, maybe it's not because once word gets out that this is what you do to your competitors, they'll all back off. And this sparks something in Claire who starts to develop a kind of bloodlust, if you will. Um, And also, she becomes very attracted to Gabriel. So then they'll realize that since their crime bosses have, since their husbands, sorry, have been thrown in jail. Bosses in a sense. Bosses in a sense, yeah. All their all their markets have been shut down and they're losing a lot of profit. So they're, they're not doing well on that front. So Kathy comes up with a great idea that she's going to find a new way to peddle drugs across. And in Australia, we call them Tupperware <laughs> women, but you know the cosmetic ladies that come door to door and they like throw like cosmetic well, I parties. Think the Tupperware and stuff like that. women sell Tupperware, not cosmetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like there's cosmetics and then there's people you mean that like, like the Avon lady. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're going to actually hire out Avon ladies to go off and it's going to be a front for drug smuggling. Really? And it's going to go under the noses a great idea. of the feds because they're using new ideas that no one else has thought of because of their lifestyles and it's going straight under the nose so all of a sudden things are going really well they're making a lot of money that's the sound of many d's notes that's the sound of my notes and everything's going really well swimmingly yeah so one of the husbands claire's husband to be precise is getting out Rob. of jail early oh what a shock mm. and 
When he finds out what's happened, he gets mm. enraged. Okay. He confronts Claire. But this is a different Claire to the one we met at the start of the movie. She tells him she's going to take over. She's going to be a new crime boss. He can't stop her anymore. And she's got Gabriel as well. This turns into a... I should say Rob pulled some strings to get parole. That makes more sense. Yeah. He got out like that way. He didn't, he didn't actually get out. Uh, maybe he tries to humiliate Claire. Maybe he escaped from prison. Claire puts her in a place. Yeah, maybe. And I said here that Claire is going to stab him in the neck. Mm. I went a little bit imaginative with chopsticks. I don't know why I thought that. I was just like, okay. mm, why not? Random. But it could be a knife, but I don't know. She stabs him with something. He dies. Claire realizes what's just happened and she decides she needs to run away with Gabriel. In the meantime... While this is happening, Ruby gets caught out by Common, our mm-hmm. FBI, FBI agent. agent, and he's been investigating this this entire time. He starts to, because he's the one smart cop around, he starts to become, he realizes what's going on. He corners Ruby. He says, look, either everyone goes down or you testify for me. Ruby really cares about her family and she's kind of reluctant, but she agrees and she becomes a mole mm. against the other women. So she becomes a rat. Yes, she does. I think at this stage, we're going to have Kathy and Claire. Well, Claire's out of the picture at this stage. Yeah, she's run away. Um, with Dom Kathy and Ruby becoming too big for their boots. They start sort of encroaching territory that's outside their territory. That's when it'll... Outside of Hell's Kitchen. Outside of Hell's Kitchen. That's when it'll... They approach the territory of the Coretti's, the Italian mob boss, mm-hmm. that beforehand had an agreement with what's, the Irish what's, mafia. Uh, the name of the leader of the Coretti's? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Not, Not even me. a guess? No, is it? I'm going to say Robert. Two Robs in the same movie. <laughs> Robert. Well, I can't say Tony. Oh, yeah, well, just come up with another Italian name. Giorgio. John. John. Okay. <laughs> Strong Italian name. John. <laughs> Mario. He's religious. He's Mario. <laughs> Mario. Mario Coretti. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's do that. All right. So Mario Coretti. There's going to be a big gangland. Mama mia. There's going to be a, a big gangland warfare scene. Our Irish mob wins. Just like in my Yay! Plot. Everything's going well. I'm not copying your plot. No, this no, is already yeah, predetermined. Yeah. So everything's going well. Kathy's on top of the world. Ruby's on top of the world. Claire is running off with her husband to be Gabriel. Mm-hmm. They run away into like a motel or something. You know, those old sort of styled yeah. motels. Turns out Gabriel is in with the feds as well. He's a rat too. He's a rat too. What a twist. When Claire finds out about this, when she finds his wife, she's absolutely distraught. She tries to kill him. Gabriel kills her. That's the end of Claire. Ooh. Very sad. Kathy's holding a party, very similar to the one we saw at the start, except let's say this is a lot bigger. This is a lot more flashier because they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. They feel like their husbands are going to get out of prison. It's a celebration. Hooray. Kathy's on top of the world. She's this brand new person. And then as they're celebrating, there's a knock on the door and the feds rush the scene. Kathy then realizes that it was Ruby that double-crossed her. She's betrayed. She said, how could you do this to me? They arrest Kathy. She says, I just don't want to be arrested in front of my children. Too bad. She is. They cuff her. They take her away. Their kids are so upset. They're she's, traumatized. She's heartbroken. And then the ending of this movie ends with Kathy in a prison kitchen doing similar duties. Chopping up that, carrots. That mirror. Cleaning the toilet. That mirror the, the start because Maddie D's poetic with his plot. Ooh. She's doing the same thing as she did at the start of the movie. And that is where we end it. Crime doesn't pay people. That's the message we're taking home because we're educating the kids and making the world a better place. Thank you very much. That was The Kitchen. Yeah, there you go.
Well, I've got to say, I was pretty confident when I was coming up with my plot, but I actually like your plot a whole lot better than mine. Oh, really? Thank you. Wow. It was a good plot. I'm actually really impressed. Now, I just want to say as well, now that we've done our plots, now that we've made a prediction- (laughs) When they release a trailer, jeez. Well, I'm (laughs) excited to see where they go now, but I am actually going to go after this episode and read that comic miniseries just to see where it does go so I can find out already before the movie even comes out how close we were, because I'm excited. I'm actually keen to see this movie. Yeah, we'll see it when it comes out. The way that we paint it, I don't know if you at home agree, but uh, the way that we paint it makes it sound like a movie that I want to see. I guess we are using our imaginations and kind of verging on what we want to see, so we'll see how that turns out. We always say what we want to (laughs) see. Unless we don't want to see it, then we just say what... <laughs> just pan it. We just say what stereotypical, cliched trash comes to mind. Yeah. Well, I think we did really well, yeah. given the lack of material. Yeah. We sat a test that we didn't study for, or had no material to study for, I should say. That's right. So, if you have your own prediction of what will happen in the kitchen, you may have read the comic book and uh, can draw some light in advance on how close we were. If you're a big fan of the kitchen, I don't know anyone who's heard of it. So no. I was originally very surprised. I was originally going to write a scene in there for you that was uh, Melissa McCarthy sitting next to a pile of flour like Scarface. I was like, <laughs> that's way too hokey, but Kieran would appreciate that's it. On her upper lip somehow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anything you want to tell us, let us know. We've got a Facebook page. It's Potential Spoilers Podcast. It's pretty easy to find there on the old Facebook. Otherwise, we've got an email address. It's potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Potentialspoilerspod, like all emails, is all one word. Now, next week, I'm excited to talk about what we're going to be covering next week. Yes. But we are going to be doing another special episode. So if you've been following the show for a while, you'll recall that a couple of weeks ago, we did a special episode where we came up with our own Lord of the Rings spin-off movie. Yes. Well, it's that time again. Uh, This is a once a month thing that we've decided we're going to do. Once every five episodes, I think, where we will come up with our own brand new concept and beat Hollywood to the punch. Yes. Do super predictions. Yes. And Matty D, can you explain what we typically do at this point? Yep. So we're going to roll a dice. We're going to roll a six-sided... I want to roll it this week. Okay, you can. I'm going to give it to you. Um, So Kieran's going to roll a six-sided die and essentially we've got six categories. These are the categories. They are remake, Mm -hmm. so making a movie that already exists, a reboot... Rebooting like a franchise, yeah. much like you know Christopher Nolan's Batman is a good example. A sequel, a follow-up of a movie or a prequel, which is what happened before and what's happened after in reverse order there. A spin-off, so something that happens in the universe of a movie, so a character or a concept. Yeah. And an adaptation, so taking uh, a book, TV show, game, any sort of source material and turning it into a movie. And then underneath these six categories, we have... We basically have a selection of 60 movies. Six famous movies. Pre-existing movies, so on and so forth, that we can base mm-hmm. our franchises on, our sequels. Sequels, prequels, spin-offs, whatever it may be that we roll the dice and land on. Yeah. So Kieran's going to roll the dice and we're going to see what category we're doing. Yep. All right. I'm just going to roll it now. I've got very little space to roll this, so sorry if it falls on the floor. We need like trouble die. You know, it actually the one in the hit bubble. the mic. Did you hear that? Yeah. All right. And six. so we've got six, which I think is adaptation. It is, is it adaptation. Not? And I'm going to roll the dice again and we're going to find out what we're going to be adapting. I'm nervous. Five. <laughs> A big grin to spread across Matty D's face. Uh, it is... Dragon Ball. What we're adapting, Dragon Ball? That's what it says there, yeah. Here we go. So we're going to be turning Dragon Ball into a movie. Didn't they do that already? I think they did. They sure did with Justin Chadwin as Goku. But I think we have an opportunity to adapt it in a different way. We can adapt it into an animated movie. We can adapt it into a CGI movie. I think we're both going to make the same decision and go live action. Not spoiling anything. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil my thing, but yeah. All right. So join us next week where we come up with our own adaptation of the Dragon Ball franchise, whatever it may be. It's a two-minute match. 
Matty D prediction and a five-hour Kieran prediction? Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> we all know from the first few episodes of this show that I had an obsession with Dragon Ball Z. I kept throwing in references in the first few podcasts. And so I'm excited. As am I. Yep. So join us next week for that and we'll catch you later. Yeah, have a good week. Oh, what am I saying? Good. <laughs> See you next yeah, time. Have a fantastic week, everybody. <laughs> See you next time. like to rear up and jackknife my legs and kick you both in the fucking jaw with my foot bone. This is what happens when you corner a rat. You corner me, I will fucking chew through you. I'll chew through you.